0: Hi, welcome to another PSDcast from Power Systems Design, I'm your host, Alex Palt, and today I've got Virgil Beeston, he's the uh, Chief Technology Officer of Power and Energy, and uh, well, we're going to talk about power, but specifically, batteries. Isn't that right, Virgil? Welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, hi, Alex. This is a great opportunity for us, and I'm really excited to talk with you and your audience
0: today about batteries. Well... Batteries, is the choke. batteries are the choke point right now. I mean, I've been saying to my audience a lot lately how power is sexy again. You know, you gotta do the dance. But, are sexy not because people have fallen in love with power supplies and batteries and capacitors. They've fallen in love with the idea of energy management being an enabler and, and with uh, higher efficiencies and all of that long tail that goes with it. And batteries are the current bottleneck. Isn't that right, Virgil? What, or what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you, Alex. I think batteries
1: are the bottleneck, but, but I think, um, you know, the computer world and batteries are merging together, and it's becoming very exciting again, and, and hopefully this merger of the computer industry with batteries is going to break this bottleneck loose.
0: Mm-hmm. So now, Virgil, I, I, I'm I'm assuming that you mean this integration of logic and sensors and advanced electronics in battery systems in the packs themselves and being connected to the Internet of Things and into an intelligent management system is what you're addressing, right?
1: Um, that's right, Alex. So, so I, I think the the most value added is bringing batteries, which are a commodity, and bringing you, you know like metal and plastic together are, are commodities, but if we integrate our knowledge of the computer industry and software, we, we can actually have a whole new concept and model about how this thing works and apply all our knowledge from the computer industry and, and really move this thing forward. And, and what I mean is the telephone market and the computer market merged and gave us smartphones. And today, you, you know, it's a wonderful device. And I think energy storage and particularly battery packs in the computer industry are merging together and it's going to have the same breakthrough. We we really think of a battery pack being just like a desktop computer. And so once you think the battery pack's a desktop computer, you want to develop a battery pack operating system and you want to link them together just like laptops are linked together all over the world, over the World Wide Web. And, And that's really the unique vision we have. We see energy storage and battery packs, not just as a as a commodity. We see it as a desktop computer, and we apply all the things we've learned about computers to this new product.
0: Now, um, when you say everything, are you talking about the hardware side, the software side, both, integration? Give me a little bit of background of where in the value chain you're inserting your solution.
1: Um, I I think it's Primarily software first and hardware second. I, I think Powell and Energy is more like the Apple model where we think a tight integration between hardware and software makes a better product. But you could also use the um, Android, right, it, or the Microsoft model where you have an operating system and it's open and, and it's not so tightly integrated. The, the thing I'm, I'm thinking about is most energy storage systems and battery packs now are custom-made, and it needs a lot of skill. We want to be the first person to mass-produce battery packs and make it just like buying a computer, a printer, and a scanner from Walmart. Somebody could take it home, not have all the programming skills they need, but connect them together, and they start communicating, just like when you plug your your laptop computer into some kind of network.
0: Um, Well, anyway, it's a a – Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, 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 no. Go ahead. The- Ask a question. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, what I was about to jump in with there is that that is a, that is a wonderful thing. However, the problem when you try to get across a scalable, uh, integrated, useful, modular system, you have to then start talking about proprietary connectors or proprietary software or open forum connectors or open system software how do you get that development in such um, an environment Um,
1: so 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 so, so again our model which is really important is that every battery pack is just like a desktop or laptop commuter and when you link these things together and, and we're talking about just getting a cable and, and using like an RJ45 cable you can plug into the front of these battery packs, they start to communicate and they configure themselves just like buying a printer and a scanner and a computer, so taking it a plug-in, they all communicate. And they join a network and know they're part of a say, for example, a local area network. And, and so we're not really trying to make anything proprietary um, as far as hardware goes or software. It's really a concept that, that once you... Imagine these battery packs as a a computer. You can apply all the knowledge, everything you know about taking your computer and hooking it up to a network, so that the average person can do it, not just you know skilled
0: engineers. Does that make sense, Ali? Makes actually that makes complete sense, Virgil. Because, like I said, my concern is with proprietaryism, but the fact that you came out right out and you used an industry standard connector when you were talking about it and uh, that you're open to this, I think that's very, very important because you can, your solution can be magic and pixie dusts on the inside of the box, but the outside of that box has to talk to the rest of the world in an understandable and uniform uh, and standardized fashion.
1: That's right. And, and if you think about, say, some other large-scale battery systems how maybe – 200 or 300 battery packs i think conventional people may look at that as a product and so you need a lot of engineering support and a lot of people have to go in and and program it and adjust it we, we kind of backed away from that we see each of those batteries as a standalone for example laptop computer and so it has to get an, an address it has to be addressed well, in the conventional Setting. If, if it's done by engineers, they open it up, they move some dip switches, you know, they do something to give it an address and put it back. Well, the average person is not really capable of doing that. So, so just like an IP address for a computer, you you turn on your computer, it searches for an address, you know, it gets an IP and it can start communicating. Well, our battery packs work the same way. You plug in, you know, 20 of these things, you just connect them by a cable, they start communicating. And and we have what we call a hello message. Hello, I'm, generic ID, first and last name. And then the higher level computer says, hey, generic name, first and last name, you're now number one. So, So the person doesn't have to have any knowledge about how this whole communication infrastructure works. They just plug and play what we say, right? Well,
0: exactly, That's and that's a lot like, uh, well, all of the near field, well, any actually any of the uh, integrating technologies, such as Wi-Fi, such as Bluetooth, uh, if we can make it an IP-based system, then you can integrate with any infrastructure.
1: That's exactly right, Alex, and the, and the great thing about that is it opens up the ability to collect data and, and to to automate everything. So, for example... If your desktop computer has a problem, it'll come up and say, hey, i got a problem. Can I try and find a solution? And it does it all automatically. Our battery packs will do the same thing. They say, hey, i got a fault or i got something internal that's not right. And they want to, to reach out to a home company and look and see if there's a software update to fix a bug. Or they want to report that, hey, I, I have an issue. I should be replaced. And... And then you have a whole automated system that that the person doesn't have to go monitor it every day, but they'll get an email and say, hey, battery pack, whatever, needs to be replaced. And and a normal person can go out there, unplug the wires, right, without really any tools, pull it out, open a box with a new one came right from the factory, plug it in, and and it takes care of itself. That's that's all they have to know to do maintenance on these systems, which will open it up so that – so it really becomes a mass-produced product and not something that, you know, is kind of custom-built by engineers.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you completely. That's great. You know, you plug the device in, it wakes up, says, hi, I'm here. And instead of having to chase it down, it comes to you.
1: That's right. And, and like I said, as as we keep developing our software and making better software, the devices can call home to a server and see if there's an update of software and they'll update themselves automatically just like your windows computer does it's a, it's constantly saying hey there's a new update available can I update it you give a permission our battery packs will just be automatic they'll just check and say hey there's an update available
0: and they'll update themselves nice nice now um, what stage are you at in presenting Uh, this solution to the industry Uh, are their products out already or they uh, are you in development with customers Um, where are we with this
1: Um, so so, so overall our company's been in business for about four maybe almost five years and we've done a lot of R&D we've done several demonstration projects with a couple utilities and and I'd say from our company perspective, we're just now coming from our R&D stage to our commercial stage. But that being said, we do have one system that was deployed last October and is working. And, and I don't know that I can mention the name, but it's a very big Fortune 500 don't, company. And we have another system that will be deployed in November this year, which will be publicly announced probably at the end of the year, and, and it will be very big. So So we're really – just switching from you know R&D testing stage to the commercial production stage, and we do have one system, like I said, that's been deployed and is commercially available. To it's it's actually a battery for a car charging system, so it's open to the public and is being used every day at, at a very high-profile company, and um, and it's working fine. And and we're going to have another very very large system be deployed um, to a utility in
0: California soon. Well, and that's the key. The more you can demonstrate the benefits, because uh, one of the, I mean, we often hear the arguments about fossil fuels versus green energy. Personally, I believe that the need for energy is going to far outstrip any development we're going to do. So basically the development of alternate energy is just going to fill the maw that fossil fuels will not be able to address in the future because of just rising energy demands. But one way or the other the move towards more intelligent energy systems eventually becomes a no-brainer when you see the savings and the force multiplication that can occur in the marketplace. So these kinds of demonstrations, these kind of design-ins are critical.
1: Um, that, that's exactly right. And, and like I said, I, I think the thing that, that we've tried to do is change our mental concept of what this is. And, and, and again, if you think of it being like a customized power energy storage system. There's a small group of people that can contribute to that and advance the knowledge. But once you realize this is a worldwide web of network battery packs, everybody can start really brainstorming and move this industry very fast. I, I, again, I think, like I said, if you thought about the telephone and it had just one application, it, it kind of stayed stagnant for many, many years. But as soon as people integrated computers, it, it, the phone exploded and could do all kinds of marvelous things. And I think storage will be the same way. It's going to, you know, 10 years, be in everybody's home, all around it. And and once People think, hey, everything I know about computers and smartphones, I can apply to this system. It's going to really explode and become a wonderful product.
0: I I agree with you there. I really do agree with you there, Virgil, because um, in – well – it's, it's something that comes up a lot in these conversations. You could have a device that's uh, superconducting at room temperature, but it's not an integrated solution that provides value. Uh, it's just basically engineering masturbation. You know, it's got a lot of features and it's got a lot of functionality, but if you can't translate that functionality to the user, to the marketplace, to the application, then it's the tree literally falling over in the woods. It deafens every animal in the forest, but nobody heard it.
1: Nope, that's right. And, and like I said, I can't even envision how great the product's going to be once we get everybody focused on it and working on it because, again, it's not going to be one company or just a group of people that drives this development. It's going to be hundreds of thousands of people all over the world that, that understand computer knowledge and bring these these features and and, and then you 're going to have data collection and analysis and imagine how the world wide web's given us information we 're going to be able to to collect data from all these batteries and we 're going to know so much about how they operate and how to maintain them and fix them and, and we 're going to make things more efficient because we 're going to analyze data <laughs> actually. When I think about this industry, I really think about three types of companies. One's manufacturing—that's that's what a lot of people think. I'm going to make something great and do it. And, and for us, that's the mass-produced battery pack. But there's also a whole data management and collection, which is not really part of the manufacturing. Once all this data is available and people can get it, analyze, and figure out how to make things more efficient, that that's a whole separate industry. And, and the one that's the most dear to my heart. Is insurance right now it's hard for people to um, you know go get money to buy these things and, and if you can get the money it's very expensive but when once all this data is available and they know the risk you can buy insurance for these products and and once you have insurance just the savings and interest from the the loans people will take will pay for the insurance so it, it'll benefit everybody I, imagine if there was no insurance for a car and you, and you couldn't go you know to a bank and get a home mortgage because there was no home mortgage insurance insurance really opens up a lot and makes things mass produced and affordable for everybody and I'd like to really push the insurance piece for the battery energy storage business
0: hmm well and that makes sense too because the more it makes sense financially the more it also then makes sense for adoption
1: nope that's right uh, again it's it's really a wonderful industry, and I can envision so much, but, but even my view is probably very limited to what's really going to happen, right?
0: <laughs> uh, well, and that's another thing that always comes up in our conversations uh, here on the show, is uh, if you show something to a group of engineers, you're going to hear eight applications you never thought of.
1: No, that's exactly right, and that's why I'm so happy to be on your show, to, to kind of just share this vision, of a world wide web, a network, battery packs, and get everybody thinking about it and trying to to figure out how to make this better as
0: an industry. Oh, I'm, I'm really glad you came on board as well. I'm really glad. And we're definitely going to drag you back. Uh, we do that often with some of our uh, favorite guests. Uh, tell us a little bit more because I want to see how this uh, develops, and I'm really curious to see where it's going.
1: Yeah, excellent. Now, like I said, I, I think I... Have a vision, but but I know my vision. Probably next week, you're going to have a hundred callers come back and have greater ideas than we even talked about today. <laughs>
0: and that's what I love about our audience. So uh, before I let you go, though, Virgil, um, I always well, first off, what's the URL? What's the website?
1: Uh, it's www.powerandenergy.com.
0: Excellent. Um, so, And the other thing is is that I never let go of my guests until they get the last word on my show. So it could be a little bit more about the company or uh, your services and products or just a tip for our audience, but the floor is yours.
1: I think I would like to say that energy storage is going to be a great industry. It's it's going to be just like the computer revolution. It's, it's at the very beginning of this S-curve, and, and I encourage as many people... As possible to think about this and, and help us grow this industry we're going to transform electrical power and we're going to make it available to the whole world just for example the telephone relied on landline cables and so only very rich countries could afford that infrastructure but as soon as wireless cell phones came along you didn't need that billions or trillions of dollars of in infrastructure and cell phones are available all over the world now and, and there's still a lot of people in the world that don't have reliable electrical power and if you think about the microgrid being solar and storage, it's kind of like a cell phone tower. And, and so we're going to make reliable electrical power available to the whole world. It's it's going to change. And and I want to be part of that industry, and I think a lot of people out there can contribute even more than the people that the industry right now. And so I encourage young people to want to get into this business and do it.
0: That's a great way to end this, Virgil, because I agree with you completely. I think uh, the virtualization of power is the last great step to achieving um, the maximum efficiency, energy management, everything.
1: I agree, Alex. And thank you again for letting yeah. me come on your program. And, and I'm really happy we got a chance to, to spread the word and get other people excited
0: about this. Oh pleasure is mine. So I'd also like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Power Systems Design. Have a great day.